Hello, welcome to more of the Richard Herring podcast feed, powered by Acast Plus. Uh, hope you're enjoying all these tour podcasts. There is still a chance to catch some, though they're selling out very fast. Uh, we, in fact, Sheffield on the 7th of March sold out. Uh, but check the theatre website for returns. Uh, Monday the 11th of March, Adam Buxton and Lemsis A in the Leicester Square Theatre sold out. But you can get tickets for the Warwick Arts Centre where I'm talking to Lindsay Santoro and the Exploding Heads internet phenomenon and at Bedford on the 21st where I'm talking to Olaf Falafel and my old friend Al Murray. I'm at Glasgow uh, on the 27th of March, sold out. Susie McCabe and Fred McCauley. And then at Hull on the 28th of March with Tommy Cannon and Bob Mortimer. Uh, there are three tickets left as I talk to you, so get there quick if you want to come and see that. Also, this richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa. Come and see me on tour, doing stand-up for the first time in six years. richardherring.com slash Ballback, coming lots of places around England and some places in Scotland. Uh, and that's about it for the moment. All right, sit back, relax, and enjoy Raha Lastapa. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to a further episode of Richard Herring's Letter Squared Theatre Podcast. This one has Sarah Kendall on it, so that should be quite good. From my memory, it was a while ago we did. No, she's brilliant. Uh, if you enjoy these podcasts, why not give us a little something back? Go to gofasterstripe.com. You can buy DVDs of mine or of other people's. And all the, the uh, that will help out Go Faster Stripe, who uh, make this production. If you buy my ones, that will help out me. Uh, Christmas is coming up. They're a the perfect Christmas gift, especially we're all going to die. Give that for your grant. Uh, but also my new DVD, Lord of the Dance Seti, should be out pretty soon. And if you're really quick, we've got limited editions of Rahulastapa, Rahulastapa Kickstarter DVD, which uh, was given out as a prize. This is me interviewing myself, plus loads of about an hour of backstage interviews um, with uh, the guests from, I think, Series 7. So there's lots of extra stuff on there. Uh, and all the money from that one will go towards the next series of Rahul Lesterper and filming that. So if you want to help us out, you can buy that. I'm sure we'll do another Kickstarter as well, but that will help uh, keep the total down a bit if you buy that. Anyway, let's go and watch Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast with Richard Herring and Sarah Kendall. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who might be wearing a pyjama top. We can't, I can't quite work it out. He's Richard Herring. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your much better than last week's audience already, because there was hardly any of them. So, uh, welcome. Who didn't want to see me interview myself for some reason? So, uh, 
Welcome to Rich James Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. I was actually, um, I was at uh, Take That concert, uh, and the, uh, the young kids there, they, well, they were talking about it, all the teenagers at the Jack Take That concert. They called it Rahulastapa, so it's, uh, oh, that's obviously catching on. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I was very nearly a film star this week, because I, I was showing off beforehand. When I say very nearly, I did an audition for a film that I clearly didn't get. They, didn't, they haven't got in touch to tell me I haven't got it, but it, it filmed yesterday, so I'm, I'm guessing, I know, I'm guessing... I'm taking that as a kind of hint. Uh, I uh, tweeted uh, yesterday. Uh, Twitter has gone really fucking... It's almost not worth going on Twitter. Every time I tweet something, I think, shall I tweet it? Is it worth the storm of idiots who are going to come in and not understand that that was a, clearly a joke? Uh, when the day yesterday, with the Guardian had printed a, an open letter written by a mother to a 10-year-old son. I don't know if you saw it was on Twitter. A lot, there was, a lot of people were tweeting about it. It wasn't uh, specifically naming her son, but it was complaining that he wasn't very grateful for all she'd done for him, which was a bit churlish. If you've got kids, they behave like twits. And I nearly said something, I nearly said something really rude and then changed it to twits. What's happened to me? Uh, they behave like cunts. Uh, so uh, it's what I thought. I don't know why that didn't come out. Uh, and you've just got to put up with it. And when they're about 45, they'll go, oh, yeah, that my mum was actually trying to be nice to me. Now I get it. Uh, so I tweeted, open letter to my eight-month-old daughter. Stop shitting yourself. <laughs> It's undignified and disrespectful. I don't mind, but come on. Uh, and, uh, you know, I sort of assumed... I thought, well, some people won't get the reference to that and they might be a bit confused, but they, they surely they'll know I'm a comedian and also that that's clearly a joke because my daughter's eight months old. It's not really much point in writing an open letter to her. She isn't even on Twitter, even if she could read. Uh, it's, uh, I got, uh, I've just gone down a bit, but there was, uh, let me see if I can find it. There was some really uh, stupid uh, responses uh, on here. Damn, it's moved. Uh, and uh, uh, someone said, uh, the first person actually came on and said, to quote John McEnroe, you cannot be serious. Uh, <laughs> which I kind of sort of is a, just shows how stupid they are that they think that's worth saying. But also, I, I tweet back saying, no, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not serious. It's, it's a joke. My daughter can't read. And she's like, you know, she's probably going to shit herself. Uh, uh, someone else said, do you think, I know this is a joke, but do you think it could lead to serious issues in future life? No, I don't think it could. I mean, in fact, what's... People getting really angry and going, come on, she's eight months old, give her a bit more time, and then maybe she will... People genuinely... I mean, how stupid are people? Do you get to the stage where you just think, oh, maybe I'll just check the context of this and just maybe... I'll have a just step back and think for a second. They're just waiting. So I'm kind of furious about that. Uh, but uh, look, we're going to crack on because we've got uh, lots to get in today uh, and uh, two fantastic guests. I mean, sorry, just one guest and then next week we'll have another fantastic <laughs> guest for next week, obviously. Uh, and um, our first guest today is probably best known uh, for her appearance on the sketch show Beehive. Beehive. That's why we're all here to find, yeah, to find out all about Beehive. It's Sarah Kendall, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is, Sarah Kendall from Beehive. It's from Beehive. That's all right. Sit down. I won't kiss you. I'm a bit That's ill. <laughs> Oh, look how excited they are. <laughs> look at their excited little faces. They were, they were so amazed to know it was going to be you that I they couldn't... I pity the next act. <laughs> They're so fucking excited to see me. They couldn't even... Everyone's already looking at their watches like, how long... <laughs> Eddie's here when? <laughs> Sorry, uh, but you know. What do you remember about Beehive? We'll get out of the way. Why would you do that? <laughs> I remember it just... Uh, nobody watched it. Oh. 
I watched one of them. One of them? That's about, yeah. Because <laughs> you were my friend. It was a bit of a catastrophe, I Aww. guess. I don't know. I mean, it was a while ago. What was it? It was on, like, BBC Three or something. Was it? it was like E4. A, E4, same thing. It's worse. <laughs> You're not going to get on again with that attitude. I know. Oh, God, don't skate. Do, yeah. Does, it just, does anyone know what he's talking about? The, the sketch show? That's that not a single does, that, person. That man does that. Like, that man went, yeah. I and guess. he's sliding down in his chair. <laughs> you see, the body language was like, it was like he didn't want to, yeah, kind of, yes, I, yeah. But did you, you are, like it? Did you like, did you like Beehive? That is exactly, that, exactly that. <laughs> that was like. Hey, this, yeah. that, I mean, you couldn't just say, yeah, just, just, you couldn't yeah. just go, yes, I liked it. Just not lie, even, you couldn't just lie. Not even in front of 400 people <laughs> to cut me some slack. No. It was all right. There was good people in it. And you were in it as well. Oh, fuck off, Richard. <laughs> it's a terrible start. It is. I always do that. I always do you? Do, yeah, I always do that. Don't yeah, right. Okay. Uh, Are you so going to do that to Eddie yeah, I am going to do it to Eddie What, what do you exactly? Know, do you want to gonna... know what he's going to be? Uh, yeah, go on. Reapy cheap from the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> so watch out for that. That's what he was best known for. <laughs> Still better than Beehive. It's better than... <laughs> I know, I was going to say. I've... I think it's a bit controversial because he didn't do the next uh, Chronicles of Narnia. So it could what be a What do you think happened? I think Simon Pegg took over the role. Yeah, so we're going to try and find out. But Flush it might, him out. It yeah. might actually, he might walk off because of the reapy chief. Might, there might be some awful story Have you ever it. had someone walk off? No. Uh, Stephen Merchant nearly, but it's... Uh, really? He walked off at the end. Well, slightly well, no, I'm, I'm slightly in, grumpily, no. though. <laughs> walked off quite fast at the end. Really? Yeah, yeah. What did you say? Oh, you know, just... <laughs> I said a conglomeration of things like <laughs> I thought he was understanding were a joke, you know. So I'm only joking. But it's kind of weird because I feel like I know you well, but yes. I and I will say stuff and open up more than I possibly should. <laughs> okay. But I do forget that there's like a whole ton of people. I frequently do this. I forget. Yeah. Oh, this is being recorded and yeah. stuff. Well, uh, so do I. That's the pro- that was the problem with really? Stephen Merchant, probably. So, uh, but that's fine. We can always cut stuff out after. That's why it's good for the people here because yeah. there's always a. So, uh, well, <laughs> uh, so no, you are uh, uh, you are so funny. I have to say, I've been watching oh, you. Thank you, you really Richard. are. You're a fantastic stand-up. That's people, so nice. Some of you, people Richard. may not be aware of you, such as the woman who works upstairs at the box office who wouldn't let you in. Yeah, today. that's the interesting. <laughs> that's the uh, the interesting thing with my career. The longer I do it, the more obscure I become. Yeah. Like, when I first started, I never had any trouble getting into venues. And now I have to, like, go, no, I promise I'm on the show. I, I know Richard. And they, they go, we just have to call downstairs just to make sure. But this happens, like, at every, yeah. every venue that I go to perform at. They go, and what tickets were your name under? I'm like, no, I'm on the bill. I'm Sarah. It still happens to me as well, I have to say, a lot. Really? Yeah, when I go and do gigs, I've, loads of times you get... Because, like, there'll be a doorman or something. You'll go... Mm. And I, I would usually just walk through and they'll go, sorry, where's your ticket? And I'll say, I don't need one. Yeah. And they'll go, well, you do need one, sir. You do need one to see <laughs> oh, sorry, the Richard Herring. You can't just walk in <laughs> off the street. And so then you've committed to that. Yeah. You can't really go because I am the... But you know what's hurtful? I already know the venue staff here because I did a season of previews here like a year ago. So it's not even like my first time here. Or I go, oh, you're probably not... I have to go, no, remember, we met. I chatted to you like for like half an hour. <laughs> It's because you're so glamorous on stage, and, and you know when you're in, 
in the, on incognito. Yeah. Because you, know, you bit have of, to... Bit, bit ugly off stage. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, who's this ugly so bitch? She can't work in theatre. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you uh, were not. Uh, so you've been doing stand up for a long time. A fucking long, long time, time, Richard. Too Ages. long. Way uh, too long. And you got nominated this year for the Edinburgh Award in Edinburgh. Uh, the Edinburgh Award in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which you someone get for doing the Edinburgh. Someone yeah. wooed. That's and you've been good. nominated for that before as well. Eleven years ago. Yeah. yeah, I know. That was a big like you know when the nominations came out. They're going. And when was the? This is eleven years between nominations. That's a long time, isn't it? Is that the longest? And I was like, yeah. And even that kind of made it a bitter pill. I don't enjoy anything. That's my problem. I just and you make it worse because you hate everything as well. I do. Well, I, I kind of hate the awards. The, the awards are kind of a bit silly, you know. Like oh, yeah. Tom Parry, this year was uh, was <laughs> yeah, newcomer. best newcomer. Yeah. He's been coming to Edinburgh since about nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah. So yeah. if you've been working in a yeah. group, you're allowed to be a best newcomer. But that's sort of slightly it's not. stupid. But also, uh, there is that thing where there is no, like, the idea that there is this empirically correct shortlist <laughs> where it is, uh, yeah, those are the absolute, the best shows at the festival. There's just no such thing. So yeah. it just comes down to what the panel go with that particular year. But it's good if you get nominated. It's fucking two, two nice. Times. I mean, yeah. it is. I mean, I say that, but it's nice. But, you know. It, that's two more times than I've been nominated. Yeah, but look how many people are turning uh, up. You don't have to fight with the venue staff well, to get in. It's, it's like not, not anymore. It took me a while. I'm most of these people weren't here last week when I interviewed myself. In fact, most of these people have come to see someone who isn't even on today. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. This is so good for our ego. <laughs> who are they? How come you're selling so well? I don't mean to be rude. There's so many people in this room and it's a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I, That's extraordinary. You're doing I think so it's well. Mainly down, it's mainly down to me. I think it's mainly... <laughs> popularity well, my own popularity you. it is well if I didn't do it sometimes people go on as we were talking about YouTube and people comment and go I, I like these interviews but I don't like Richard Herring he is not <laughs> funny <laughs> you kind of go yeah that's fine fair enough oh. but you know if I wasn't here doing them this, they wouldn't be here so yeah. you know at least I foreseeably say yeah. oh thank you for facilitating yeah. I hate you but thank you <laughs> for bringing this person yeah. along to your awful show yeah. but that's uh, I mean I, you were talking about the tweets and stuff I, I mean you take it really well by the sounds of things if you get a nasty tweet you, you I know. just think it's I think that's it's funny when you've got to be careful on Twitter I think as a as when you're tweeting about something else yeah. because if you get the wrong end of the stick like that you look yeah. stupid so, yeah. that, so it's is, now when it started I would just tweet everything that came into my head I think oh that's funny I'd tweet yeah. and it wouldn't matter because no one cared yeah. but now I think very carefully about everything and discard most of my tweets because I think it's not worth the hassle yeah. but it'd be good if the, everyone else did that as well <laughs> yeah. rather than thinking yeah. I'm, how can that man so say angry. a baby isn't allowed to shit itself it's, I'm so angry yeah. with that He's an, he cannot be serious yeah no, that's, you know, so, I love that as John McEnroe <laughs> would say what a great as, as John McEnroe said you cannot I mean there's just uh, but the, anytime I tweet something, I lose followers. Like, if I do, like, news quiz or the Now Show, you know, I'll pick up maybe 10 or 15 followers. And then if I just tweet something that I think is, like, amusing, I just hemorrhage followers. It's like people accidentally follow me and go, oh, this is this fucking idiot I followed as soon as I voice an opinion. I tweeted something about the nutty professor which I watched last night and I enjoyed it. The original it. or the Eddie Murphy? No, the Eddie Murphy okay, reboot yeah. with yeah. the farting and, you know, yeah. and I, I tweeted that I'd enjoyed it and <laughs> just lost. 
like 11 followers. Because I can't follow someone who enjoyed... The nutty the professor. The nutty professor. But I think, why did they follow... Who did they think I was in the first place? That when I... Like, you would know that I would like the nutty professor because I like farts. Yeah. Like, I do find farts amusing. Why not? Right. Who doesn't? Okay. But, yeah, the fact that someone would go, oh, unfollow. I can't... <laughs> well, that's not the point. It's my favourite thing is when they tell you they're unfollowing... That's what so Have you been told? Yeah, yeah. Never, people would say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. You know, they've been following you for years. They've yeah. seen all the shit that I tweet. <laughs> they've got waded through all of that. And they go, no, I'm sorry, I can't. I will have to unfollow you. I'm drawing you the line now, And you Richard. kind of go, yes, yeah, all right. You don't need to... Don't need to tell me individually. It's okay. I'm not that bothered. Is there a demographic of person who reacts badly to you? Um, I, well, I, it's sort of weird with Twitter because people choose to follow you. So yeah, that's, right. that's so you know. So it's odd that someone would follow you, especially for a while, yeah. and then be upset by <laughs> anything. Because I say yeah. lots of upsetting stuff on yeah. there, so it'd be weird. Uh, but I find that a little bit with a gig. You know, you're doing a gig yeah. and you do lots of offensive stuff, and then you'll do a joke, <laughs> no, and someone don't. will go, "No, that joke it affects me. Yeah, you know, that's right. about that's yeah. from my life." You that's go, right, "What about yeah. the other jokes I just did about?" Some, yeah. No, that was all right because that well, I wasn't in those. Yeah. So the world has become. <laughs> Um, the world is because everyone is, you know, starts yeah. to see themselves. Uh, and yeah. I think this is actually, uh, I talk about time travel and alternate universes a lot, but I think people generally see themselves as the centre of the universe yeah. and that everything's created for them. But isn't that so th- they feel the need to go, oh, you had a guest on who I don't like. Yeah. I have the hundred podcasts, one of them I didn't like. Go, yeah, it's not just for you. So just, just, yeah. Yeah. just skip that one or watch it and see if you like them. So people get upset about that. Yeah. It's in the same way. So there's, this week they were talking about um, would you travel back in time to kill Hitler as a baby? This was a big internet That's the question. Which, yeah, which is... Right. And everyone's going, well, if you did that, then things might turn out differently. Things might, but nobody thinks if you went back and killed Hitler, the whole of history would be different and mm. you wouldn't exist. That's right. So regardless of... I can say, I can say with absolute certainty yeah. that because my uh, grandmother's first husband was in a boat that got torpedoed by uh, Japanese off uh, the coast of Australia, and that was... Uh, so there you go. So there you go. But even so, every, you know, you just change... Oh, that wasn't a funny anecdote. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't telling that, like, this is going to fucking slay him. Because things think, are getting a bit serious now. I'll lighten the mood with the dead the dead submarine, submariner. Like, I, I think you were saying, I bet you can't beat me in my... My tragic story of loss from my friend. I don't think it's that... Tra- okay. Well, I, I mean, I never met him. Okay. It's a sad story. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't get upset when I tell it. I go, I, um... <laughs> But, Lost a know. relative? <laughs> um, back in World War II? Submarine you, you, sank. You can't go on who do you think you are if you don't do that. That's, you've got oh, to be... Really? You've got that, to go, it's the go, no, so a guy, what, from 300 years ago who <laughs> probably about 5 million people are related to now because it's such... But I am one of those people. And he died. But, you know, he, he, he probably would have died by now anyway. <laughs> And if he hadn't died, I would know. Because if you change anything, change one little thing, and everything will ultimately change. But change a big I thing, know. like I've seen world, Back to the Future. Well, I know well, how no, it works. Back to the Future does you not go back, back with the, the sports almanac, we, and it gets into the wrong hands. See, that doesn't work. If you go to that, if right, Back to the Future. Yeah. That's a very good example. A, Back to the Future. I watched it again this week because yeah. it was my wife's birthday. She this was born. Week. She was born on October the twenty-first, so we watched it uh, on October the twenty-first. Not nineteen eighty-five. Uh, she would no. She wasn't born in eighty-five. She was. <laughs> I was about to say, don't you dare say. Because 1985 is when she was born. I was going to, that's not a good anecdote, Richard. Uh, 1987. And uh, she... uh, Cool. 1997. We nearly got to the point where it's actually legal to have sex with someone born in the 21st century, and I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, So... 
Because at least finally I won't be committing a crime. That's right. In one more year, you're not a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. But Back to the Future doesn't know what it's doing. It's stupid, right? That's bullshit. Okay, I'll take you through this. Because I'm annoyed. It's a good film, but the time travel... Because it implies that by travelling back to, in time yeah. uh, and then Marty changes stuff. A, if he changed any little thing, it would change yeah. everything anyway, so yeah. that's all fucked up in any case. Yeah. But he goes back. In an early scene, the black guy who's going to be the mayor is sweeping the floor, yep. and then he goes, oh, you're the guy, you're going to be the mayor. And he goes, oh, mayor, yeah, I never thought of that, I'll be the mayor. But in the reality we've just been in, he is... He's becoming the mayor, so he has yeah. thought of it. The implication is that Marty has mm. made him think that, yeah. but he's gone back to a different react, change reality, and then so it doesn't work. But maybe this is the the multiverse idea. That doesn't he's, it doesn't this. work within the logic of this. <laughs> also, if Biff went back with the sports almanac and won, yeah. the minute he's betted on the first race and won, yeah. the whole of history changes. Yeah. So all the rest of the book is useless. Yeah. That's such a shame, because yeah. I feel like that's a movie that's done quite well. <laughs> and, and it's I'm based ta- on a, ho- a, a fragile house of lies. I'm so, yeah. Well, you know, so... Well, and do, if, well, they start disappearing in the future. It's a different time. They, they're yeah. very confused. Well, yeah, and he would, you know, when he sort of sees his hand, yeah. like, during uh, the Chuck Berry song, yeah. and um, it, it, it wouldn't have happened it like that It wouldn't work like that. It's not an accurate no. film. No. No. <laughs> I'm glad we. I'm glad we decided that. <laughs> I'm glad we sorted that out. So, what was your uh, what was your award-winning show about? You've done two. The last two shows which I haven't seen. I have seen a lot of your shows. But yes, I you have. Seen, and we 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 we've flattered together. We've for stayed in quite a flat a few for a few times. years. In fact, in the flat in Edinburgh, we stayed in. It was you and your now husband, and yep. Lucy Porter and Justin Edwards are now husband. That's right. And me and my wife would. That's right. So we all got married and had babies. Together, all yeah. on the same night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's wild. <laughs> but I remember, uh, I, yeah, the, 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 I think the last time we lived together, that was about 2007. No. Yeah. God. I know. Again, um, but yes, I, uh, yes, so uh, this year's show was called A Day in October. And I've sort of been moving away from doing just straight stand-up shows. I've been doing stories and doing an hour-long narrative Um uh, and so this show was the second of a, a kind of um, a teenage stories, uh, where it is a, an hour-long story, and it was about a boy who who died and came back to life. Yes. Is it a true story? <laughs> don't think that's important. <laughs> don't, I don't think it matters. Uh, it's got it's got elements of truth, but you know it is yeah. about you know rewriting. And it was a hard show to do each night because it, like you know there was a point in the show where you know this kid would die and. You know, and it, I, it was an exhausting show. Like, I actually got quite upset towards the end, and it was kind of really the wear and tear of it, which sounds really wanky. Like, whenever <laughs> actors, you know, actors talk about how upset they get, you know, I always thought, oh, fuck off. But then <laughs> but I actually did a show that required me to go to a fairly, you know, sad place each yeah. night, and it did gradually kind of wear me down over... The, like, it, the sadness did kind of creep in. Like, it, it's, it's, it's a horrible... It's not a nice place to go to each no. night. But it's interesting, because, I think you know, again, you've been doing stand-up for... Like like 15, 13, 15, 15 years. years yeah. yeah. I mean, so, and so I think it's interesting when you do stand up over that length of time how it changes and what yeah. you're doing changes. And you have to change as well. Like yeah. You can't just keep on doing the same thing, yeah. can you, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at talking cock. Cock. There's a cock. Talking cock. Yeah. There's a lot of humour in cocks. There's tons but of humour in cocks. I do a lot cocks. of, you know, as I got older, I do more serious stories about cocks. There. <laughs> That are diseased or, you know... Yeah, diseased cocks are serious. Or something. That's weeping, a, you know, like a, a weeping, weeping cock. cock. 
And then yeah. I go, yeah, and then his cock gets tied. It's yeah. not funny. There's some <laughs> pus, some pus started coming out of the end of it. It's not funny. It's a serious. Just because it's got a cock a in really it doesn't mean. A really sad show. <laughs> a really sad show about an infected penis. Yeah. Richard Herring. Yeah. And um, we're going to be dropping the jokes for tonight. <laughs> Talk about a serious issue. We should do, but that, you know, I think that's because well, there was there, you did a thing in the Guardian where you talked about an old routine you used to do about a, a, hor- a kind of horrible heckle yeah, right. you had, yeah, yeah, where a guy was you know threatening you, yeah. And, well, he, and you he stood into up, a he, routine. yeah, right. He did this. Uh, this was a, a gig when I was oh, I might have been about twelve or twelve years ago, and uh, it was a really rough uh, club. And uh, this guy, uh, he heckled during the show. If you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to come up there and fuck you in the arse. Right. And see, right now, that's the appropriate. <laughs> and uh, the whole thing spiraled out of control. You know, like I did this kind of, oh yeah, fucker, come on. And then he like rushed the stage, and you know, he got removed from the venue. And I, I, I stopped performing for like a month after it. I was really frightened. Um, and the whole thing had really affected me. And and the the idea that what we do, because you know, we're here just talking to a microphone, saying whatever comes into our head. And sometimes you go, fuck, there's like a serious consequence. Sometimes. Yeah. You say it to the wrong person or what you think is appropriate isn't, whatever. Uh, and I, I, I ended up doing this big routine about this, this heckle. Um, and I kind of made it, it became like a funny routine that I, you know, I would talk about the event and about what happened. And I stopped doing that piece of material because it, it, it kind of felt like, um, in a way, I was making mockery of the seriousness of it because I got away unscathed. I then told this, oh, my God, this thing happened. And I totally betrayed the seriousness of it. And the seriousness was that I was petrified, security got involved. He should never have done it in the first place. Yeah. And I found that telling that routine, like, you know, in, in sort of boozy Saturday night clubs, the thing that was really worrying was what I'd, I'd tell the anecdote, you know, this guy stood up and shouted, I'm going to come there and fuck you in the ass," And he'd get a fucking huge laugh. And it felt like I was sort of complicit in sort of going, ah, yeah, I mean, shit like that happens, right? Like it wasn't, it, it didn't have this feel of, wow, that was a really, what a, what a frightening thing to say yeah. to a, well, well, then I was like <clears throat> 25 maybe, you know, and, and I, I, I stopped doing that routine because I kind of, it's really weird when you think, you know, I'm not responsible for why people are laughing, but I felt like I was giving out these cues that it was, that it, it, it wasn't as serious as it was. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's interesting the way definitely... Um, I think comedy's changed and audiences have changed, and I think that, yeah. you know, that, that's interesting. The response there was immediately yeah. like, oh, no, that's not on, which I right. think five years ago it wouldn't have been. But you've, got, mean, you've got a good audience. We that's have a, there, I, I totally underestimated yeah. what, your, <laughs> what your audience would be capable of. Um, they don't know that you can have sex with someone in the arse. That is, that is, that's, they're just going... <laughs> They've gone quiet because they're trying it. <laughs> Everyone's quietly trying it with the person next to them. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I mean, but in a sense, the routine was, uh, you know, you could argue it was empowering in, as well, couldn't you, that you were taking control of that exactly. awful situation? So, exactly. And I, I mean, it's still, of, a, it's still a very funny routine. But that's exactly... I, I felt I this real point. conundrum because yeah. I kind of felt like, as a stand-up, all you can really do is talk about what you experience. You know, like, that's... We process the world and, you know... And that was an experience that really affected me. But I don't... Uh, I, I don't think when I talked about it that I actually went, oh, and I was really frightened yeah. and I was in a very vulnerable position because then it's not funny anymore. Then, then it becomes a, a scary story. But I kind of felt like, in a way, I wasn't... Um, 
I wasn't showing solidarity with the people for whom something like that had led to a terrible thing. No. And there was intent. This guy was – he was hammered. He thought it was okay. He was intimidating. And I just I, – I, the whole routine just started to sit very uncomfortably with me. Yeah. Which, uh, but then – I don't know, and I, I can see the argument both ways. I can see it, well, you know, I took an experience that was horrible and I made it funny and I owned, I owned that experience. Yeah. But then it just it, it felt so uncomfortable because I couldn't predict what people were laughing at. I couldn't predict where the laugh was going to come when I told that story. No, it is when you have those... Uh, in my current show, I do, at the beginning I do a joke talking about my wife giving birth and then say... And, and then I say, Robbie Williams uh, said when his, his wife gave birth, it was like watching his favourite pub burn down. Which, but that wow. gets a massive laugh, and I, yeah. I then want to talk, discuss about why yeah. that's a weird metaphor to how yeah. you would see your wife being like at your a favorite pub. pub, and what does your that wife's say about, vagina? Yeah, what does that say? It's like that? a pub that's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I've had two children, <laughs> and I can't describe the experience as being anything no. like. Well, and it, just being a, a spectator at the event was certain, that was not how I felt. How did you? So, I, I've never. How did you? How did you go? How were you, how were you with the whole experience? <laughs> I, well, I, I, it was really strange. I was really uh, disturbed by seeing my wife in yeah. so much pain yeah. all the way through, yeah. and being and re- it was really horrific. So I, felt, I as much as it, a lot of it was great. Yeah. I mean, I do talk about this in my show, yeah. but a lot it's great to you know. But you're worrying about you're thinking, well, will I recognise this baby? Will I understand? Will there be a connection? And it was so horrific. All of it was so. And she had not a very complicated birth, but yeah. there was few bits and pieces and uh and my baby was just crying as it came out screaming as she yeah. came out yeah and she's all squashed up and she'd mm. been twisted round. they look awful and they look they terrible yeah. and uh it's like it's pretty horrific start to finish uh yeah. disaster so until about two hours later mm. i was quite also, shaken up by it <laughs> I, but I, I feel bad because there is there is absolutely nothing that the man can do no like other than smooth your hair and go you're doing really well you go, get your fucking hands off me don't Fucking touch me, you know, because it's you. You know, you are in this really like this, you know, uh, primordial state. Like I mean, yeah. the, the never, you know, you sort of walk around and you have thoughts and opinions and you get dressed <laughs> and you have an espresso and then I'm on the ground screaming, shitting into a cup. Yeah. <laughs> I've just lined you up for a joke, there, Richard. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and the pain was excruciating. I, I, it was so painful. I don't, you know, I never, I never say this to women who are pregnant, but I'm like, <laughs> it hurt. It hurt more than anything I can ever describe. I, I was in so much pain. I wanted to rip my face off. <laughs> I was, and it was like hours of it. It was yeah. hours of uninjurable pain. And I was like, ah, and pissing everywhere. It was just yeah. fucked. I fucking hated it. <laughs> yeah, and in amongst it, my lovely husband's like, yeah. you're doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> You're a goddess. <laughs> Your sounds. I'm glad I wasn't at you. It'd be weird if I'd been at yours, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> what? <laughs> I would have fucking loved it. I actually, that would have been possible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> But also, you get people co- like that's the thing, you know. You got your legs up in stirrups, yeah. and you know, three people walk in and have a look, and they'll they'll talk to each other and go, and then walk out, and you're like, bye. It's it's very worrying when there's just the, when the head is just the head crowning, is out. The crowning, yeah. 
That hurts. But it's, I couldn't, I actually couldn't um, process what I was seeing. Yeah. I generally couldn't. My, my, I just, I looked three times and it looked different every time. <laughs> and I thought my baby had like a tiny head and then I thought she had a massive head. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I but then it, it's an oblong head. <laughs> yeah, it was just all weird. Yeah. And she was screaming and yeah. didn't look real. I say, I say in the show, it's like, it looked like uh, the special effects were about as good as the original Total Recall. It did, it, yeah, it, right, I know exactly it, it, what you mean. It just doesn't yeah. look like a real Yeah, I know what you mean. Real thing. Yeah. I'm still not convinced she is real. I mean, it's, it kind of, I'm trying to get difficult to get my head around having a baby. She's eight months old now, so I should have got used to it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll kick in eventually. <laughs> Every now and again, oh, yeah. And then you'll stop it with those awful tweets. Those <laughs> sensitive tweets. I just think that's hilarious. Someone got upset about that. <laughs> a message to my eight-month-old. That's really insensitive. Yeah. Go on. I will carry on. I'll ask you some uh, emergency questions. Okay. It's going very well. We don't really need to do this, but I will. I've got some new ones, so I'm very excited about them. Um, oh, that's, that's someone else's one. Hold on. Um, do, uh, why do elephants have such low rates of cancer? <laughs> I like it because it sounds like a sort of setup to a joke, but it is. It, it's it not. Is, no, it's, I want to know your genuine. Why they have such low rates yeah, they've got of very, cancer? They've only got, compared to humans who have 25% uh, rates of cancer. In we have 20. What do you mean? Like one, one in four, four people, people yeah, will, will get, get cancer. cancer yeah. uh, hey guys, sobering. Only 5% of elephants get cancer. So, you know. But can they check the elephants as frequently as they check humans? It's difficult. Like a, a, an elephant it's really can't difficult go, to do oh, their testicles. I've, yeah. <laughs> Right. An elephant can't say, I don't feel right. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling... Something so you're wrong. saying there's a lot of cancer-ridden elephants out there, we just don't I'm know. I'm saying there's probably more than we know of because yeah. an elephant can't go, seriously, I think there's something yeah. wrong with me. Whereas a human can communicate yeah. through language. Maybe the stats are unreliable. <laughs> I've got a feeling in my testicle. I'm not weighing in on this. I'm not weighing in on this. Okay. I'm not joining in. I'm too frightened of the backlash. <laughs> but with uh, that, I mean, that sounds reasonable to me. It's because uh, they have 20 TP53 genes uh, compared to the human's one. That is the answer. You didn't know. Do you really, so, I was um, going to figure that out. Um, I was going to nut that out. I on just my... thought you might know. No, I didn't. But I was interested to know, because some people think maybe it would be because uh, they die earlier. They don't you know, human beings live longer. That's They don't smoke. Human beings smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did you know elephants don't smoke? I mean, I didn't. Just because you haven't seen a picture of an elephant, it would be good if they did. It'd they be amazing. Del- Big stogie at the end of the and smoke out the ears. But the you just uh, haven't seen an elephant smoke. Um, I haven't. No. Okay, I'll ask you a proper one. Is sex with a ghost cheating? <laughs> if you have sex, are you referring to the film Ghost? <laughs> no. I'm praying if you had sex with a ghost and yeah. you're married you, to someone else. You, all right, are you technically would having you, uh, an Would affair? you be cheating on your partner or is it okay? Hmm. I'd say, yeah, that's cheating. Yeah. Uh, do you have feelings for the ghost or is it like a one-night stand with a ghost? <laughs> is this a ghost like the ghost in Mrs. Muir where there's been like a continuing relationship over time where you go, I can't deny how I feel for you anymore? No, it's Or not. it's just a ghost has come out of the it's cupboard a ghost. and you fuck You know, it. sometimes ghosts come out. Yeah, and yeah, they, right. Yeah, and yeah they, you know yeah. how like ghosts come out. And they just come out and you're yeah. asleep and they start having sex with you. On top of you. Yeah. 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 I mean, essentially they're taking advantage of you but yeah. then if you are into it and you're in and right. don't go hey get off ghost I'm married <laughs> yeah. I have an eight month old child <laughs> yeah. right if, if the ghost says you go oh carry on Do is you, that are you then what if you don't orgasm 
What if you get halfway through and then push the ghost off and go, I can't do this? It's difficult with a ghost because of the lack of friction, I guess. That it, was, that it would be harder to yeah. orgasm because it's just a sort but of ethereal thing. But it will be thing. happening in your mind because you're, you're obviously <laughs> mentally ill for this to be happening in the first place. Yeah. So for a mentally ill person, yeah. they're not going, this isn't even happening. <laughs> They'd be going, oh, I'm fucking a ghost and yeah. I love it. I'm loving have, this. Have you ever seen a ghost? Have I ever so, seen a ghost? Yeah. Have you ever seen a ghost? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I have, Richard. Have you? What, what, what it was happened? Really, it was really frightening. <laughs> um, I'm just doing that improv thing where you're meant to say yes. Because uh, yeah. people do improv courses now and that's a big part of it. You don't shut the person down and go, no. All right, no. yes. I had it's a, more than that, though, you know, in pre You're not meant to you say that, like, say, Hey, you can't just say, yes, I have. to say yes, yes to this. Yes, I have. Mm, that's all I'm going to tell you about. All right, yeah. <laughs> I, I have... It's... Um, I have... Maybe I've never... I have got a spooky story that comes from a very good authority. Okay. And it's someone who I don't think would... Ma- you know, like when someone goes, oh, I've got a scary... St-, you know, a story that's a bit unexplainable. Yeah. Uh, it was a baby monitor thing. Oh, yeah. I'm terrified of my baby monitor. Yeah, right. Oh, I am. I think it's really the scariest thing in the they world. They make... and they, Yeah. And also the thing that I find really frightening, like, you know, a child laughing is like a beautiful sound. Child laughing in its sleep. <laughs> <laughs> And my kid sometimes laughs in her sleep and it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> and it's like this kind of... <laughs> 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 what, what can she see? <laughs> uh, but this person, um, they said that um, when their kid was getting the scans, you know, like the antenatal scans, oh, yeah. uh, they called their kid Bobble because the, the number on it was like 808873 or something. It looked like... Right. Bobble, so they called okay. it Bobble. And uh, then when she was born, they had the baby monitors and stuff. And they were uh, in a house somewhere, like in, uh, it was like a, it was an old house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're watching telly one night and they had the baby monitor on and then they just heard a, an, a, a soft voice going, Bobble. <laughs> 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 and they were on their own. They were middle yeah. of nowhere, old house, middle of nowhere kind of thing. And they, they are both sane people. They aren't people yeah. you go, mm-hmm. And they both heard it. During our coke binge, we heard this, uh, you know, it wasn't, it, they're very sane, normal people. Uh, yeah, and they just heard this bubble, and they said yeah. it, it sounded it sounded like an adult voice, Yeah. and they ran up into the room because they thought, fuck, there's an intruder, and it was just, you know. Yeah, what kind of intruder would that be if you kept breaking, I'm going to break into that people, I'm going to find out what nickname they have for their baby, they're going to break into the house and say no, in a I scary think, voice, I don't think they and run then go- run away. <laughs> I will great. find the antenatal scans, <laughs> get the number of the scan and turn it into a word. Uh, They're scary, those monitors. I think I might have mentioned this before, but it's uh, like my one, it, for a sec- when you turn it on, for a second it shows you the image, the previous last image of when it was on. Ooh. So for a second when it comes on... <sighs> well, the, the, you know your baby's in the cot and then you turn <laughs> the monitor on and there's an empty cot. And you go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> And then the baby appears. But because it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. It's a horrible feeling when you think you've misplaced your <laughs> yeah. baby. We're just so- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Sometimes that happens, you go, you go oh, you see it, and they, yeah. go, and they go, oh, of course, she's yeah. up and my wife's got her out. Yeah. But sometimes that's, yeah, it's, it's horrible having a baby. Don't do it. It's hard from it's start like, to you, finish. All you do start is worry. You, no. you have a horrible time when it comes out. Uh, and if you were you, if you were the prime minister, would you use nuclear weapons? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Fucking all the time. Any disagreement, <laughs> yeah. I would instantly raise the stakes. Yeah. I think it'd be. I'd, I'd be like on FaceTime with my finger on the button, going, "Really? <laughs> really?" With other countries that didn't have nuclear weapons, yeah, obviously, you don't want to do it if they can do it. Well, back. I think like if you don't ever use them. People go, yeah, then they're not serious about it. I think if you if you get in, you got occasionally send one off, <laughs> just to show just Tell to show me. them I'm serious about it. Yeah. <laughs> so don't mess. Don't I don't mess want to do this. Me. I'm not going to want to do it again. But I want you to know I can. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Would uh, you? All right. Well, let's, let's I, well, turn I think, the tables. Richard I think Herring. I would send them all off straight away. And I I genuinely think if you sent them all off, I think the other side would have to be a dick to bomb you back. <laughs> Why? Because they'd destroy the world, wouldn't they? Because they're there as a deterrent. Yeah. So if that deterrent doesn't work, I think if the the bombs are coming over, you have to go, well played. (laughs) As in a poker game. You've won. Yeah, it's like a game of chess. You've won the game of chess. You've you've, you've sent them the size over. You know, it's just churlish to send them back, and it's like going, oh, because you've done it. I hate you back. I hate you too. So I'm going to destroy the whole world and go, okay, well, we'll all be wiped out, but you. Carry on the human race over there. Something that people are of, of your age yeah. talk about, the th- threads. That was yeah. a real... Yeah. Yeah, right. That was a formative trauma. Like Because a, a t- uh, the one in Australia, we saw uh, an American production that I think must have been like they took the idea of threads. And, mm. and it was called The, the Day After. Mm. And, it had, and I remember, because my babysitter would let me stay up and watch television, she didn't <laughs> like getting involved in any sort of discipline. And uh, I saw that Steve Gutenberg was in it and I was really yeah. excited because it was the guy from Police Academy. I was like, oh, the guy from Police Academy is on telly. He's going to be awesome. <laughs> and it was this, this – and it had Jason Robards and Ali Sheedy also oh. from, like, Breakfast Club. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God! So we're from the Breakfast Club. The guy from Police Academy is going to be amazing. 
And it was just this story about a family in Kansas and the day the atomic bomb goes off and all the and the aftermath. And yeah. it was it was at the end there was this big spiel about how this was an appeal to to, to world leaders to to, to to disarm and stuff. And yeah. I hear the same, you know. About well, the I was I was terrified. I think in the eighties we were really terrified. So the seventies and eighties, so just I assumed nuclear war was going to happen. It yeah. must have been worse in nineteen sixty three, well, or sixty two, when it nearly did happen. But um, I, you know, I'd see like a tra- I'd see a plane going over with the trail of smoke coming out, and I think that's a nuclear bomb. Really? Yeah, I just was convinced. Just we convinced it's going to. But I think it's scarier now because you know they definitely. Will get used. Do you reckon? In our lifetime, definitely. Do you think yeah. so? I've well, just grown up with this kind of ah, oh, mutually assured destruction. Well, but it does. That's irrelevant now, isn't it? Why? Because it's because the pe- well, a lot of the people who are enemies quite want to wipe out the world anyway. That's true. And if they can get hold of a nuclear weapon, they will definitely use it. And there's no, we can't fire back at them because they don't live anywhere specific. So we're fucked. Also, just what it's like gun. It's like having having a gun in your house. Yeah. And the chances I've are got the gun. Two. Well, the gun will probably be turned on you by a burglar or you know one of your family <laughs> at some point. That's what I sort of feel about nuclear weapons. If we got them, they probably will just go wrong and blow us up ourselves. Yeah. Which they nearly have a lot. If you if you look into it, there's been loads of times when nuclear weapons. Don't want to bring everyone down. No. Uh, but there's I been loads it. of times. Just enjoy your life while you've got it, because it's definitely going to happen. <laughs> In your in your lifetime, some of the younger ones, not new. You'll be fine, Andy. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I kind of feel like. Do you know what though? I kind of feel like even if the bomb did go off, I kind of think, ah, well, yeah. you know, I've, 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 I'm, I'm going to be forty next year. I'm nearly halfway through anyway. Mm. So from a personal perspective, yeah. Part of me kind of thinks, oh well, yeah, it's all right. Well, I thought I was going to die in 1999 because that's when Nostradamus predicted the world would end. So as a teenager, <laughs> I thought. Mm. I'm going to get to 32, and that'll be it. So every yeah. year after that has been a bonus. <laughs> 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 I was absolutely convinced, so that's good, but I now am more convinced. Do you know, one will just go... There's been loads of times when new planes with nuclear weapons on have just crashed and the nuclear weapons been on fire, and they've gone, yeah. well, that, oh, that might blow up now, might it? That ha- happened with the Enola Gay. Apparently, uh, when they were transporting the atomic bomb to Hiroshima, yeah. they, were, they, they thought they weren't going to clear the runway. Right, and they were so nervous because they're like, "Oh God, if this atomic bomb goes off here, everyone's going to know that we've got this weapon." <laughs> and they were like trying to get off the runway, going, "Oh fuck, it's too heavy!" And uh, well, then they did make it off the runway. They did. Unlucky did for the people of Hiroshima. Very unlucky. Yeah, for them. Lucky it, wasn't, for them. it wasn't a it wasn't a good thing no. for them. Um, so what else do I want? I'll talk about something from your life now. Are you excited? Uh, <laughs> are you ever mistaken for Sarah Kendall, the area director of Network Rail's Wales Route? It has happened on occasion. She spent eight years working on the Channel Tunnel. She's quite proud about that. <laughs> and uh, she, but she's now excited to be working in Wales where there is no specific proper route there, I think. They just, I think they just have to move the rails as they go, <laughs> go along. I think that's what she means. Wow. Yeah. I did, when I was much younger, yeah. I got um, mistaken for um, Nicole Kidman when oh, I was yes. like 24. Yeah. And uh, a group of tourists came over and asked for a photograph. And uh, I said yes. I, I went, yeah, okay. And uh, I got in the photograph and yeah. I, was, I was more attractive back then. <laughs> and also Nicole Kidman hadn't had all the facelifts and stuff. Yeah. So we looked more alike. Yeah. As she's become more facelifted and glamorous, we don't look so much alike. We still look alike. But about, about 15 years ago, there was enough of a resemblance yeah. for a, I'd say, a myopic tourist. <laughs> <laughs> well, Japanese, uh, Japanese people used to think I looked like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found it quite racist. Did you say that? Yeah, I said, you know, I don't go, you all look like yeah. some famous Japanese person. 
Oh, Kazuo Ishiguro. Yeah, could have been him. You should have said that. <laughs> just said it really snarkily. Go, yeah, sure. And are you Kazuo Ishiguro? <laughs> and then just let that settle on their soul. It's all right because Japanese girls quite like Michael J. Fox. So you did know, you get heaps of? I got, I got, went out with one Japanese girl. Did you? Who thought I looked like Michael but J. Fox. But she thought she'd done it with Michael yeah, J. Fox. I got Michael J. Fox's. <laughs> <laughs> I got some of his. And I pretended I was Michael J. Fox. And then we discussed Back to the Future. I said, yeah, it doesn't quite make sense. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) The whole film falls apart under close examination. A lot of Teen Wolf also is ridiculous. Did you ever see Teen Wolf 2 with Justin Bateman? No. Yeah, they did a sequel. Jason Bateman or... Jason, sorry, Justin. The guy from Arrested Development. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, they did a Teen Wolf 2. Well, Teen Wolf in a way was Teen Wolf 2 because they did Teen Wolf with Michael Landon in the 1950s. Did they? Hello. Do you mean the guy from the, uh, the Prairie? Little House the, the, on the Prairie, yeah. Little House he on the Prairie. Died, he died of cancer. We've got to stop doing this. Every time we're telling an anecdote, we are going <laughs> straight back to terminal illness and atomic bombs. This is what we do when we're not in front of people. We do. We've, and now we've got quite a sick sense of humour between each other and we're really trying to... I'm we're trying, I know. And we're hitting these brick walls because we're going... Anyway, uh, another question. Because it could... Yeah. Um... <laughs> I just don't want everyone to hate us. <laughs> they don't. They, they quite like you. Not as much as they like... So if Sarah Kendall from the... Uh, from Beehive. From area director of Network Rail. I wonder if she's ever been mistaken for you. Probably. Yeah. I'd imagine so. Yeah. What does she look like? You've Googled don't, image. I didn't, I didn't look... I'm not a pervert. It's I'm not suggesting you brought up the image and <laughs> masturbated over it. Oh, fuck. Oh, this is being filmed. I just did the worst wank motion... My husband pointed out that whenever I do like a, a wanker, he's like, you do the worst wank motion. Right. I'm like, uh, what a wank. He's, like, he's trying is... to send out a subliminal message. Think so? yeah. Yeah. You know, you really need to work on that. Ixnay on yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's the face I pull when we do it. Yeah, I go. I know, I don't, the hand job, I think I discussed this last week as well, but the hand job is the worst of the jobs. Why? Because you can do it yourself. I'm like, as yeah. an adult, I think if you're like 16, yeah. getting a hand job's quite an exciting moment from someone else. Yeah. But as an adult, it's just like, oh, come on. You'd rather have it. A... Well, there's loads more stuff we could be there doing. Is. Better. And, you know, yeah. I could do this better myself. I can really do this well. That's an interesting point. I never thought of that. Yeah. I, oh, I'm so... Fr- I, don't want, I don't know how to weigh in on this topic yeah. with a husband. But, um, <laughs> I, but I sensed that. I kind yeah. of already knew that. I had already intuited that. Yeah. <laughs> That the hand job is not what yeah, it might have not, been no. as a 16-year-old. No, I mean, just anything was amazing when you were 16. Yeah. Just the idea that someone might be thinking about your penis was enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think 16-year-old girls do think about... No. I don't think they go, oh, penis. <laughs> That's the last part. And then when you do get confronted, you're like, ah! <laughs> what? <laughs> That's attached to this? It's, it's so confronting. Yeah. I remember the first penis I touched. Do you? Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> I mean, I hope this is going to be an okay story. <laughs> I was six years old. <laughs> it's because I keep looking. I'm getting this. You've put talking cock right there. Yeah. And my eye keeps going to it. And I'm suddenly going, I once touched a penis when I was. A... <laughs> But yeah, it was. I was shocked. Were I was you? quite. Do it. Yeah, I was yeah. a bit. 
It's a shocking thing. <laughs> it's shocking. Well, you're shocked I'm by the show first you vagina. my backstage and then you'll, then you'll be surprised. I'll be amazed. Yes. Stunned and amazed. <laughs> Do you remember the first vagina you touched? Uh, I guess it was my mum's. As I came yeah, out no, of as it. As you came out. Just asking. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a memorable thing. Yeah, it is quite memorable. Were you um, were you a bit? Oh, it's pretty. Con- it's pretty. I was 28 years old at the time. <laughs> I suppose I shouldn't have been in a pharmacy. <laughs> Um, (laughs) It's good, though. I mean, jokes like that lighten the mood. It's good. It's good. If you you can pop one of those in, it does help. It gets a laugh. It does. As nice as they once were, uh, I I, I think kettle crisps are not as nice as they were. Really? I actually had some yesterday for the first time in ages. And I thought, these are fucking nice. I should eat these more often. Like, it had been a long time since I'd had them. And I thought... I disagree. I think they've gone downhill. Why? But have I changed or have they? Don't answer. That's a, re- that's a rhetorical emergency I question. I have noticed the skin is on the outside of the, the chip and they never used to be. Like, they've skimmed on the skinning process. Yeah. Now I you can they, see a little brown like, outline. They're more like Pringles now. They're not, they don't feel like properly cut crisps. Anyway, we're not talking about that. If, and they're not as tangy. They're not as, the salt and vinegar isn't as strong as it once was. Yeah, well, maybe they've had to temper that to reach a broader market. Well, I don't like it. I like them in the, the yeah, highest Yeah, but not everyone has your taste, which it's like the internet thing. But that's why I'm complaining about it on the internet. Uh, if you could travel back in time to compare any food of today with an equivalent in the past, A, what time would you go to? And B, what would the food be? <laughs> Oh, I'd, um, I'd take sushi. Oh, yeah. I'd take sushi back to my grandfather. Yeah. Because he was a fisherman. Right. Yeah, he was. Okay. Not even trying to make you laugh. <laughs> the one who got to live. Yeah, okay. The, <laughs> I think if anyone was going to die in a boat, that would be... You'd think. He would be the fisherman. That's not how it turned out, Richard. <laughs> Life is rich with irony. <laughs> So the submariner died during World War Two, and yeah. then my grandmother remarried. Yeah, and she married a fisherman. Okay, and uh, insensitive. <laughs> she was, she was a very shallow woman. <laughs> my grandmother was a horrible woman, Richard, <laughs> and she remarried almost instantly. <laughs> yeah, she'd uh, she'd read the letter, and she went out and right. married a fisherman. And I remember um, back in the eighties. Uh, when he would talk about the Japanese, he really didn't like the Japanese yeah. because of the World War Two thing. And because he was Australian, just racist. Australians are just generally racist. <laughs> it's true. Racist. It's totally true. Don't want to be racist to Australians, but they are all racist. <laughs> it's true, yeah. and they don't laugh when you say that. No, <laughs> no, they get really defensive. You know, uh, and I would, uh, and I remember in the eighties when he'd see Japanese people eating sushi, and it really upset him on all these different levels, like on a culinary level, he'd be like, you meant to cook the fish. (laughs) He also felt that it was some form of barbarism. Like, you know, it showed how mean they were or something. That It's raw. I don't know why, but for him, all these things just added up. Um, And I think I would try to introduce him to like a sashimi platter. 
yeah. and go, see, it's nice, isn't it? And maybe you could be a little you, more... I didn't say you could take your granddad back with you and probably... Is he alive no, still? I, no, no, I mean, you meet go him. To him. I would go okay. to him back in, oh, like, all right, that's all right. maybe, like, 1960 yeah. uh, on his fishing trawler and yeah. present him with a sashimi platter and, and then... How would you explain what had happened? <laughs> how would I How'd explain, explain myself? your presence to... Well, this whole meeting would yeah. make me impossible. I probably wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be, have been born. Well, maybe you'd only be born if you go back and do this. Maybe as I present the platter, my hand will start to disappear. Like my, and the platter will fall down and I'll be like... Ah, ah, ah. What would you take? What would be your food? Uh, I would take uh, Kettle Crisp back to... To 2005 and see I would taste a kettle crisp from now and yeah. a kettle crisp from then and yeah. then I would go see to yourself yeah <laughs> or I'd yeah. go oh oh they are what the happened same to, they, they, so what it was me that crisps? changed so my, you're the one my, who went yeah I thought they changed the but they but they haven't changed they're the same I'd either be either the same or I'd go see this is or I could just ring up kettle and say have you changed yeah. The, 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 have you changed I the wrote recipe? about it in the Metro and I thought Kettle Crisps would be furious and get in touch with me and send yeah. me some free Kettle Crisps. That's what, yeah. usually, that's what usually happens. Yeah. If you write about stuff. I wrote about Mr Kipling Cakes and they sent loads of free Mr Kipling Cakes. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I thought I love the game. I'll write yeah. about you know, Something Kettle Something I really crisps. like. Kettle Crisps. Yeah. But I was critical. I yeah. thought they would get in touch to say, well, hey, come on. You wrote an article about that. I wrote that. like 70 words about it. How did you get 70 words out of that? <laughs> did, did, people, did people go, I love that thing you wrote about... <laughs> no, no one mentioned it. <laughs> it's, well, because the, recently with the Metro, which is a very popular... I'm probably a lot of the people who are here here because of my Metro. Colin, so you can hear them laugh. They're, they're they've just thought, but they've thought about the... one of the ones and just started chuckling there <laughs> as they thought about it. Like the kettle chip article, yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> They make me. They I used to just write six hundred words, and then they said, "Could you now write an extra little seventy words to put in a box?" Oh, like week. a thought for the day. Yeah, oh. it's hard. It's really annoying. It's really yeah. difficult. A, a seventy word each day. No, once a week. And there was like a Richard Herring thought bubble thing. <laughs> it sort of is. That sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Still, what kind of prick came up with that Still, idea? Still, I mean, you sit on the bed and you count the fucking <laughs> money. <laughs> Wouldn't, you would not believe how much they pay me to write that Metro article. You genuinely would not believe it. <laughs> you wouldn't believe I'd been doing it for three years. <laughs> What's, you're still doing it. Do you it, think like, stuff like that sells tickets? Eventually? Uh, maybe. I don't know the point of anything anymore. <laughs> it just feels like there's so much happening. There is like a glut of just fucking noise. And I don't know how, I don't know how anybody likes anything. <laughs> like, how do you find something you go, I really, oh, you know, like, because you just constantly, there's like this bombardment thing. Yeah. It is quite overwhelming. I think it is. There's a lot of people doing a lot of the things now. And like, yes. in, in, in everything. So, like, 20 years, even 20 years ago when we started, and when we say, talk, talk about Edinburgh, when I first went to Edinburgh, yeah. there might be 50 comedians doing shows. Yeah. So, if you if you did a show, there was a good chance you'd get reviewed. And it was, <laughs> if it was good, someone might go, oh, come and do something with that. But now, if there's eight... Seven seven hundred acts or something. Yeah, it's so crazy. You could, and you were one of the t- best uh, eight of them. That's right. Yeah. I was, uh, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> it is. If you think about those numbers, Richard, it means my show was phenomenal. It is. Are you doing? <laughs> are you doing a show again in somewhere that I can come and see it? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be doing it at the Soho Theatre in February. Cool. Yeah, and uh, that'll be. F- I don't know what else to say. I'll be doing it in... I'm going to make eye contact with the audience. I'm going to be doing it in February at the Soho Theatre. You should come along. It's really sad. 
<laughs> I think oh, aren't you sick of fucking like <laughs> stand up? It all wears a bit thin, doesn't it? I think you go through a period where you feel like that mm. at about the fifteen-year mark. Yeah, and then you get over that and sort of start enjoying it again. Really? Is that what so? to you? Well, I think I think I went through a big. Period. I, it was it's really difficult. It's a really competitive thing. Like you were saying backstage, people going, "Oh, I didn't get nominated," and getting furious about it. You yeah, know? people get fucking and angry about it because they go, "I was on the I was on the long list." Yeah, and then I can't, you know, and they get, you know. And you, I don't think you go to Edinburgh and expect that, but it's still, it's, it's always there and it's annoying. And I was even annoyed about it after 2000 when I wasn't even eligible. Mm. I would still be annoyed that I didn't get nominated because it's annoying that there's a prize and, you know, and I hated the prize. Yeah. But I think you, so you go through a period where it's, it gets, I think you just go through different periods where it gets difficult. But I think you also sort of realise, I mean, if, if, you go, if things are going okay and you can still work. That's true. Then it's kind of all right. And then, and then... I think with you know, I think I did my, all my twelve shows this summer, and I didn't go to Edinburgh. And I guess like last year in Edinburgh, I was thinking, oh, you know, I've worked so hard, and you know, I'm not getting that many people to see the show, and is it worth carrying on? Mm. And and so you get to that point, and then you sort of think, well, actually, yeah, you know. And then I've, you start doing shows, and think, oh, well, you know, a couple hundred people have come and seen that show. Actually, if you think of it that way, if you think of it that way rather than that way, yeah. <laughs> if you start thinking rather than oh, so someone got a hundred thousand people come to see them, and I got two hundred, <laughs> it doesn't look so good. But <laughs> if you it, think, yeah. you know, someone will tweet you go, well, I don't, you know, I want you, I, you try working in a warehouse at four o'clock in the morning as if that my job is like really easy. Yeah, and you kind of go, yeah, I, I wouldn't like to do that, but come and try yeah. standing on stage and see how many people buy a ticket for you first of all, <laughs> and then and then try and entertain them for an hour. So you know, it's like it's it's. It's an impressive thing to yeah to to do it. I think so. I think I, I've I've got I'm, I'm enjoying it again. But well, I didn't go to Edinburgh, so that might be the reason. I think that's exactly. It. I mean, we were talking <laughs> about this backstage, but Edinburgh is possibly the 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 darkest that I feel emotionally. It, it, it's just it's such a a pressure cooker, and there's so much you know you 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 know the the, the you know you worry about numbers and you worry about reviews and. And it's really the only time of the day that, that you feel any level of calm is the hour of the day when you're doing the show because that's the job. That's the work. Yeah. Everything else, the other 23 hours, is just the anxiety. And this year, I really – I mean, I had a really good Edinburgh this year and I was more strung out than I've – to the point where I couldn't even enjoy the success because I was so worn down emotionally by all the, the worry and the concern. And, you know, I've had Edinburghs that haven't gone well – and those take their toll on you emotionally. Like that's something there was. I read this year that there's there's a support group for for comedians in Edinburgh because it's such a problem with comedians falling apart and getting depression. And you know they actually have like you know you can you can go and see someone and you can talk about how you're feeling because <laughs> you're getting on stage every night going ah, hello everyone here's my show and it can it can start to sort of fuck with you a little bit. No, definitely. I mean, it does, well, it does because, and also, the more competition there is, the more difficult it is, and the, and then you're vying against other people. You can't help comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. You can't. Wor- you're worrying about the money. Yeah. Uh, you're worrying about your career. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's a difficult. I'm not surprised. I'm sort of surprised that everyone gets through it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I sort of am surprised there aren't five or six people a year who just go, oh yeah, they didn't they didn't make it back. <laughs> <laughs> There are sort of uh, like stories that I have heard of people who have just abandoned the run because they're having such a bad time that they've just gone, oh, fuck this. And they've just, you know, just left, you know, just kind of cut their losses. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a a pretty devastating thing to go through. It's such a huge, like when people arrive in Edinburgh and the Edinburgh guide is like that big and they're going, who am I going to go and see? I'll see that person on telly. Yeah. 
you know, it just it, it does make it, you know, especially for younger people coming through to get their head above the rest of the group. It's really it's it's tough. It is, but then maybe it's good in the way that. Um, Edinburgh will be coming back going and getting better at what you're doing rather yes, than... Yes, so, absolutely. You know, so as long as... But if people see it like that, but yeah. I don't think people see it like that. Yeah. So I think people still go thinking, oh, you know, this <laughs> this is the year and I'll be discovered. We had Louisa Armeland on the other week who that kind of happened to. You know, yeah. she went to Edinburgh and got discovered in Edinburgh more yeah. or less, which hardly... But it hardly ever happens. Yeah. Uh, so it's... I think if you can go there going, I'll become a better comedian and I'll see this as a 20-year yeah. progression rather than what's going to happen in the next three years. But it's very difficult to do that. I'm sure I didn't think that when I started, but was, now I'm forced to. Was she depressing to. at all? Did she talk about atomic bombs and cancer? <laughs> no, and she was very, she was very upbeat. Fun. Yeah. She'd be upbeat. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Yeah. Everyone had a good time. To be fair, I've talked about cancer and atomic bombs. You did bring it up. I, brought I up. went with it happily. Yeah. <laughs> I happily joined in. You're from Australia. I am from Australia. <laughs> just, just I realized. can almost hear the edit points. <laughs> I can hear the join in the in the digital film. What's that like? It's hot. Yeah. It's fucking hot. Yeah. It's really it's a lot of space. Yeah. Um, got um, got marsupials that you don't have here. Yeah. I've uh, got um, Paul Hogan. He's <laughs> he's Australian. Um, <clears throat> Dame Edna. She's yeah. Australian. Yeah. A lot of Australians who've done very well internationally. Uh, they have, yeah. There's Hugh a lot Jackman, of, he's uh, Australian. Jim uh, from John Robinson from Neighbours. Jim Jim Morrison, Jim he was Robinson. Australian. Jim Morrison's Australian. Yeah. From the Doors. Yeah. He was Australian. Twenty-eight years old, he was. He was when he died. <laughs> when he died. Or twenty-seven, maybe. I I like writing about growing up in Australia, though. Yeah. I, for me, that's and my la- the shows that I do know about being a teenager in Australia, and I love that kind of. Because there is that sort of, you know, sunshine, teenagers, happy-go-lucky shit. But it was a very, there was a very dark underbelly to it. Like, there is that sort of, because um, it was this, this beach culture that I grew up in. And there was just a huge amount of drug abuse. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and it, it, the sort of place where, you know, if, if you didn't fit in, you really didn't fit in. And it's great to write about that. You know, outsiders are so much more interesting in that kind of, yeah. that kind of setting. So I, I find myself kind of writing more and more about Australia kind of around the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Because I do think, there, you know, from what I gather, Neighbours and Home and Away was pretty much the, the way in for most audience members back in that time. Yeah. So I really, you know, for me that's a really, uh, it's, a, it's good to write about it. And also I think people do have that expectation that it's going to be like, oh, oh g'day mate, how you going? <laughs> and you go, no, actually these terrible things were also happening. So, so you came from a place called Newcastle. Newcastle. It a mining It community. is, it's a shithole. Right. And we named it after your shithole here. <laughs> which is how they named the places in Australia. Yeah. They had a list of shitholes. <laughs> and if they arrived somewhere and went, this is a shithole, then they'd refer to the list. <laughs> we'll call it Newcastle. Newcastle's got very nice, that one. Is it nice yeah, now? Yeah, ours, ours is very nice now. Well, so is ours. It's all gentrified. Yeah. yeah. It's really gentrified in Newcastle. Yeah, all right. It's not a competition. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. is Surely it is between two Mine places that the same night. Mine's got Surfest. It's got a surfing competition. It yeah. produces the best surfers in the world. What does Newcastle, England produce? Um, what is it? Ant and Deck. No, you cannot get answers from them. Because <laughs> they're on your side and they're going to try to help you out. They got, it's got um, a, it's like an opera house thing. It's got some art in it. It's got a bridge that goes like that. I've seen the bridge. Yeah, it it looks like a bit like the, the harbour bridge. 
It does. <laughs> Gee, it's got a little opera house, a bit like the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. It's nice there now, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Ours had a huge heroin problem back in the 80s because all, all the mines were shutting down. Like, it happened to yeah, yours. It is. <laughs> Do you not think you should have called it New Newcastle? I think it would have been confusing for people yeah. to call it New Newcastle. You should have called yours Castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look into that. Uh, if you had to choose between going on a date, mm-hmm. imagine your, uh, your husband, Henry, has died. <laughs> or just left. Would you, would you prefer it? If he died or if he left d- which me. Would you prefer? Would you prefer him to die or to leave you for someone else? Which would you prefer? I prefer he died. Okay, good. <laughs> so he's died, very sadly. You're taking a couple of years to get over it and you're back dating again. Not like my grandmother. She moved on instantly. <laughs> Uh, and you, you have a choice between dating a six-foot-tall penis. Yep. It's a man, but he's a, just a penis. He's just he's a got penis. A face, <laughs> he's got a face and a penis. Inside the helmet. Yeah, in the helmet, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a man who, instead of a penis, has a tiny man. <laughs> Which of those two would you prefer to taste? No, hang on. There's a penis... One's a, a penis. gigantic penis. He's six foot tall, but he's just a penis. He just hasn't got balls. He just slithers around on, like a slug. Leaves a trail of <laughs> semen. Yeah. No, because the semen would come out the other end. So just, Not if he's hemorrhaging at the base. He's constantly hemorrhaging semen, semen at the base. I the semen has to come from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Man's not a camel. <laughs> he might wear, like, a false suit of shoulders on it to make it look like he was... <laughs> shoulders, <laughs> Show the pads in a caftan. Because the caftan would cover like nine, eight... But then the man who's got a tiny man is just the tiny man standing Hang on, a man who's got a man. He hasn't got a penis, it's a tiny man there. It's him? No, it's another man. (laughs) (laughs) Another man with a distinct personality. But who crucially doesn't need to breathe through his mouth because he's still connected to the blood supply... Like a baby. ...of the larger man. Yeah. So he gets the nutrients yeah. that the larger <laughs> man... Does. So ...through the umbilical cord. So if you're worried about... If you were having sex with him, that he would suffocate, don't worry, he'll be fine. <laughs> that would be my first concern. Yeah, okay, yeah. If I was having sex with a miniature man, I'd think, oh, what if he suffocates? I'm glad that you're a kind person. I knew you would... What, is, what does the... It, does the little man talk? Yeah, he's, he's a man. So he has thoughts he and feelings, and yeah, he's got yeah, he's a brain. A, he's a sentient is, being. Yeah, of course. What is this? You've got just like a vegetable oh, tiny is he, penis. Is he attached at the feet or the head? He's attached. <laughs> like, is, is he t- two feet coming out to a head, or is he the head that t- come of out course, to two his, feet? His feet are attached to his the, feet are yeah, attached. Yeah, that would be cruel. <laughs> The feet are attached with... Although, I mean, it'd be quite nice. I suppose if it was the other way round and you're having sex with him, you're like, he was in a little bed and the sheets were being pulled up and down. <laughs> That's it. It'd be just <laughs> like that. Yeah. Could hold yeah. on like that. To my vagina? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But that's, that doesn't make sense, because you're suggesting <laughs> that his feet have the sensitivity of the head of an erect penis. Well, they would do it in your version, that's what I'm saying. I've never thought, I've never thought of him that so way. So his entire me, body has the sensitivity of a penis. Well, for me, he, he's the other way around, and his head is the head of the penis. Right, but that is like, that would be the sensitivity. I think mean, that would probably be the most... If, or he's just a man, and he's not sensitive at all. Yeah, OK. But he functions in the same way a penis does. Yeah, right. well... 
I would probably... <laughs> Do I have to have sex with the six-foot-tall? No, it's a date. Whether you go on a date, going, just, oh, just going out. Yeah, going out, and then you'll see, and if it goes well... We'll see well. If, things, if things go well. <laughs> yeah. Does he also have a penis? The penis doesn't have a penis. He is so a he's penis. He's just a penis. Yeah, so he I mean, doesn't, he doesn't have need a penis. penis. He is a penis. Oh. I mean, he's, he's a big penis. You'd have to find different ways See, to satisfy See, now you're going him. down this weird road of, but you'd like to have sex with that, a six-foot-tall penis. You wouldn't be able to have sex with it. No, it wouldn't. No. I, I would probably go out with the man with the penis attached to... No, the man penis. Yeah, everyone chooses him. I, I feel sorry everyone for Everyone chooses yeah, I, that. I feel sorry for the, the big penis man. You'd have to give him, you'd have to give him like an arm joke, be like that. <laughs> that would be the only way you'd be, be able to satisfy him. To, yeah. And we've already established that hand jobs yeah. are a bit, ugh. Yeah, but for so him, they're the best he'd be he's going like, to get. That's an arm job. Unless you could stick, stick something down the blowhole. But that's Some guys like that. That would be really right, guy, painful. Right, guys, look into the front row here. Am I right, fellas? Yeah. Some guys that's like That's such a, little... a great moment to do it. Am I right? <laughs> Some people like having things shoved down the eye of their penis. Am I right? Am I right, guys? I don't know why we've ended up talking about penises we so much. We always end up in a place that we know, shouldn't end up. I don't know That's why the... that has happened. There were so much other things to talk to you about. Um, uh, do go and see uh, Sarah's shows. At, Is that uh, it? I don't think I've done very well. I think you've done it. You've got red hair. I did. Uh, so... I met a guy backstage That's... who had red hair and we did yeah. the whole we must be brothers yeah. thing. Brothers and sisters. <laughs> Siblings. You did a funny routine about, about guys who go, I've got a thing for redheads, that's why I wrote it. I didn't write that down to remind myself. Oh, is that Remember for me to wedge in some material? No, I, just, I was just watching your... So go and watch uh, Sarah on YouTube. It's very funny stuff. And that's the funny bit where you go, it's like oh, a yeah. fetish. That's an old joke. I, yeah. It's a good joke. It is a good joke. Yeah. That's I, why I've just... But I wrote down yeah. red hair as I was doing that. Yeah. But that makes it look like, you know... I'll do it now. Let's okay, do it now. Too. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's definitely going to work well. Things can surprise you, though. Okay. Um, the, oh, just, yeah. Uh, yeah, the weird thing... Oh, now it sounds like such a bad piece of... The weird thing about uh, being a redhead is that... Um, I don't remember how it goes. How does it go? You do it. Do my um, Okay. I don't yeah. do that! That's my impression of you. That's it's me. my impression of you doing your impression of Nicole Kidman. I'll do it for them. Okay. It'd be funny. You didn't say, oh, I've just sat on my water bottle, but it's okay, there's nothing in it. Oh. Um, it's like a fetish. I can't remember. It was very funny. Look it up on YouTube. I'll tell you what, we'll cut the bit from YouTube into this now <laughs> to make it look like you did it yeah. literally here. And then uh, you can cut no back one, to everyone laughing. Yeah, we'll cut, we'll cut to the audience on the YouTube clip laughing. Yeah. And then we might use that audience for, the, for all of this. <laughs> can you please have some really jumpy edit points <laughs> where we've we've talked about something that everyone's gone oh that's a bit sad and then like just cut to laughter like just really big laughter I think it's been a very funny podcast I've has enjoyed, it? yeah I've really enjoyed it have it's you? Been good. you've been really I don't good. know you've been really good I'm not going to ask them just in case they disagree don't uh, <laughs> if I go right everyone will go no am I right that guy and that guy goes mm-hmm. I know yeah, I feel like I trash talk Beehive too much now I'm going back <laughs> I did going that through. You did. That's I did. That. No, you were fine. You were, it was good. Beehive was good. It's not coming back, Sarah. Don't worry. You can trash it. You can trash it as much it's as you very want. Hard. It's very hard to because oh. to, to, you know everyone. That's the thing. If you do, and like 
if you do a show that doesn't work well, everybody who's worked on it has worked really hard. Yeah, so then when you come in and go, oh, yeah, that was a bit of a fuck up, it's really disrespectful. I Like, it's not you, it's me. But, like, to the people who, you know, really were working hard on it. So I feel like I was a bit mm. of a dick because I... You were fine and they don't care. They've moved no on. No one gives they, a fuck. They've moved on to other stuff. I know. But, you know, do you ever feel that when you sort yeah. of go, well, actually, everyone involved in that did care and worked hard and everyone was getting up early and stuff and it didn't work out, but... I don't know. I always think uh, actors who trash talk bad movies. I think, oh, fuck off. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You think I do, yeah. So many people were involved in that from the script writer onwards. Like, for you to go, oh, yeah, that was fucked. Just because <laughs> it didn't shower you with glory. Here we go. I'm a fucking laugh a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we uh, have to wrap up. <laughs> You had a chance to do a joke at the end and you ruined I'll do it. Man, I know. I'll do my Nicole Kidman face. That'll okay, do you know, that, that'll rescue it. Uh, that'll Nicole. rescue everything. <laughs> All right. I think the fact that I've had okay. to tell them it's Nicole Kidman okay. it's before I do the impression. Okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> oh, I'll turn around first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. That was a spontaneous round of applause. Fantastic. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Kendall! Thank you very much. There you go. They love you. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Sarah Kendall. Their music is by Pest. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thank you to everyone at Go Faster Stripe. Even George, who is not very competent and was even talking backstage as we started recording these credits. My producer is Dave Criff. This is a Go Faster Stripe Fuzz and Sky Potato production. I hope you like it. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you have enjoyed this, then do come and see me on tour. Happy now. Uh, go to richtaring.com slash gigs or richtaring.com slash happy underscore now and you can see all of those dates. I'll be touring all over the UK in from February uh, right through to May, I think, maybe in June 2016. Uh, and you can come and see these shows. Come to the Leicester Square Theatre website and you can buy tickets for the shows that are running right through into the autumn next year as well. We're doing some in June and July, then some in September, October and November 2016. So book ahead if you want to see these, especially if you want to get near the front. Thanks for listening. It has been quite good fun. Goodbye. Thanks very much, richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa for those remaining Rahalastapa dates, Rahalastapa, and richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour to find out all the tour dates for my upcoming stand-up. Would love to see you at those ones. Please book tickets if you can. All right, enjoy another podcast. Don't listen to anyone else's podcast but mine. Stay faithful, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>